you on that. Now, I have to also make that a safe place where you feel you can give me that feedback because sometimes that might be very constructive feedback and sometimes it might be the, hey, you know, good pat on the back, Dave, like, love you, what you're doing, which is always nice and gives me a nice dopamine hit and feeds my ego. But when you say something that's constructive, my soul goes, Ugh. or maybe it's my ego that goes, oh, don't you talk to me like that. Um, that's interesting. So we need to, that's an interesting uh, perspective, to to Dave. I'm that. very sorry. I'm very sorry, Dave. I'm very sorry to yeah. cut you off there. It's an interesting perspective, although unfortunately it has ticked over time and we have to get to the break, unfortunately. But though, when we come back after the news and the weather traffic, we're going to continue this last little bit on empathy because, Dave, I do not want to miss what, like, what you have to say after this. Please stay tuned for The Business of Life with Mario and Matt. Today's bulletin brought to you by Your Sound, your community of Live 90.5. National Radio News. Good afternoon, I'm Liam O'Connell. The tennis world is still reeling over the announcement today that world number one women's tennis player Ash Barty will retire from tennis. In a statement, she says winning the Australian Open is the perfect time to step away from the game. Announcing the news via social media, she says she has spent after touring the tennis circuit since her debut when she was 15. I know I've I've done this before, um, but in a very different feeling, and I'm so grateful to everything that tennis has given me it's given me all of my dreams plus more but i know that the time is right now a national study has found one in 20 university students have been sexually assaulted on campus while many more have been sexually harassed this is the second survey of its kind and while the latest results found the rate of harassment had fallen since 2016 the results are still concerning half of the five percent of students who'd been sexually assaulted since beginning their degree said they knew some or all of the perpetrators. Nearly half those incidents had happened in the general campus area. But just one in 20 of the victims had filed a formal complaint. One in six students reported being sexually harassed. All 39 member institutions took part in the university's Australia survey. The peak tertiary education body has labelled the findings distressing, disappointing and confronting. The founder of the Hillsong Church, Brian Houston, has resigned following an internal investigation into claims of inappropriate behaviour. Mr Houston is accused of inappropriate behaviour towards two women. In a statement, the church said there would be much emotion at the news. It went on to say that Mr Houston and his wife had served God faithfully for many years. Hillsong management last week revealed the results of investigations into the two incidents, which concluded the pastor had breached the church's moral code of conduct. The US Defence Department says the Russian invasion of Ukraine has stalled in large swathes of the country. However, they have not adopted the Ukrainian president's optimistic view conflict may be over within three weeks. Russian forces have now taken control of some suburbs in the capital, Kiev. But Pentagon spokesperson John Kirby says the US trusts the tactics of those protecting the city from invading forces. They have been defending very smartly, very nimbly, very creatively in places that they believe are the right places to defend. And we have seen them now in places, particularly in the south, they have tried to regain territory. 
Domestic violence advocates yeah, are warning awful. of the potential for survivors to come face to face with like their assailants like in flood like evacuation centres across New South Wales. Stories have emerged of people being forced to move into crowded or unsafe housing to avoid sleeping in evacuation centres. Housing agency Women Up North has reported incidents involving 150 women and children needing emergency housing. The agency is warning the compounding trauma fleeing family violence and losing homes leaves many survivors of family violence particularly vulnerable following a flooding crisis. Turning to small and Geelong and Sydney players are preparing for a grand invasion if Lance Franklin kicks his 1,000th career goal this Friday. The AFL says they're preparing for up to 20 minutes of disruption and fans make it onto the SCG pitch. Chris Scott says he's hoping to limit Franklin's goal during Friday's clash. And now for the latest weather on Alive 90.5. It's five minutes to th- past three here on Alive 90.5. You're listening to The Business of Life with Mario and Matt, and currently we're sitting at 23.5 degrees. It's not sunny out there. It's, you know, slightly cloudy. Chance of showers today, unfortunately, partly cloudy. And we're tops of 25 today. Tomorrow, it's going to be like it's going to be a rainy day, unfortunately. Tops of 21 degrees and tops of 23 on Friday. Let's hope things, you know, I hope this rain subsides. We've had enough of it for a few weeks. So I'm looking forward to how we can... So, well, let's continue this conversation on leadership. And so I would love to start this just by Dave um, very kindly ending on his point on empathy and leadership because, unfortunately, I did have to cut him off for the hour. Yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, so like when, when I was talking about empathy just before the break, um, one of the things that, um, you know, which is why we're getting feedback and how important feedback was and, and things like that, one of the things I think where we, we the simplicity of, and ways to do this is, you, you know, you should be having at least, if not every week, like a, a, a touch base with your team members, but at worst, a monthly one-on-one with them, right? So every month, if you're not one-on-one with any one of your, your direct people in your in your circle, that well, I would call your circle in terms of your, your team, the people you're coaching, and you're not having that one-on-one and having that coaching session for them specifically, in that session, one of the questions or a couple of questions you should be asking them is, what else could I be doing? How else could I be better serving you? You know, like, and like, so that you can get the feedback for yourself. And, you know, if you could give me a feedback or coaching, what would you coach me on? And so, be, and be willing, make sure the, safe, the space is safe, be willing to receive whatever that is from that person. Because in order for you to become the best or for you to help them become their best to do their life's best work, well, you need to continue to become your best so that I keep increasing and creating space and capacity um, and the capabilities for you know for greatness for my team. Well, if I don't create that space, then I'm not creating space for the team. And so, you know, in order for me to evolve, then that I need to do that. And and you know, like to me, so there was all the discussion around empathy, which is important. But then you can, you know, uh, and understand how they feel in that moment. Once again, so it's about the emotional context and make sure they feel safe. Because do you know what it's like to feel safe when you want to be able to express yourself in a way where it's not going to come back on you? Hmm. And we, I always say to people, you know, I'd rather like, I want to, I want to understand the truth. We can only move forward from the truth. And there's obviously, you know, your truth, my truth, and the truth in the middle somewhere, maybe. But I need to understand what your truth is. What, 
what's true to you and how you feel about that so I can help you to become your best. If I'm part of that in the way, then I definitely need to know that. Mm, that's powerful, Dave, because it just creates a, a totally different perspective of accumulatively of how, what empathy really is, but also how it is perceived. So, so many golden nuggets there. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dave and Ella, for your take on that. But with empathy, what we're doing is we're trying to understand other people, right? Trying to see where they're at, see things from their shoes. Though when it comes to leadership... No, we're not. No, we're not. What do you mean we are not? Well, remember, like I said, it's not about seeing what it's like to be in their shoes. It's to understand how they feel. It's to Empathy is about more like get into their emotion, not into their shoes. Interesting. Mm. Can you can you expand on this, Dave? Yeah, like uh, like you know, can you imagine what it's be like? Well, you know, that's great. So, uh, can I imagine what it's like to be uh, a co-host there with you guys? Um, yeah, mm. I can. Imagine, but you know, what, I want to know what it feels like. What is it? Like, can you what it feels like, Ellen. This is our first time in the studio. If I want to be empathetic, it's like, wow. Like I remember my first time in studio. Like, oh yeah, I remember how that felt. Like Ella, how 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 momentous is this feel? Like like you know, is this something you're going to cherish for the rest of your life? Is this you know, and empathy doesn't have to be when someone's negative or it could be positive, right? Proactive or productive empathy, if you want. Uh, but it's, it's understanding how that person feels at the moment. But I need to get in tune with her, how she's feeling, and then if I can reflect back on the time when I felt that way, like, oh, now I understand why she's feeling that way. And I know what it feels like to be that. That's what empathy is more about. Mm, that's very interesting. I'm just well, going, oh, I've been in that situation before, and here's how I'd handle it. No, like, like that person's hurting it, or they're joyous. Like, can you be empathetic and jump into the joy with them? Or if they're sad, you don't have to be sympathetic. It's like feeling their pain. No, just empathy is about understanding what that emotion is that they're going through and what it felt like to go through that for yourself and then helping that person through that. You know, mm, it's, it's a powerful it's, it's, distinction. Like my friend Amy said, it's get into that emotion, not get into their shoes. But can and I... I, can I sorry, Dave, can I ask? Don't, you know, I think that we love talk about empathy, right? It's, mm. it's. Yep. I've been surrounded so many times with uh, people who are so empathetic, right? And, and truly believe it's actually quite opposite. I had the expression, misery loves company. So when you ah. feel down, people comes to you and they, they're comforting you, actually comfort themselves. But in the same token, they say they're empathetic. And what I appreciate they very much that you clear this, you know, what that means, you know, and because being empathetic and one thing you said in the in the first style of the show, we grow up in different times than Matt and Ella and, you know, empathy was, there was no space for empathy. You mm. know what I mean? With my father, you know, if you, <laughs> what are you, 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 are you the girl? You know what I mean? Are you the woman? Yeah. You want to cry? You, you feel somebody, you know, not like a pain, but yeah. you, and then you're like, oh God, I hate everybody. Like I need to be the man. I need to man up. You know I mean? There's no place for empathy. And then life serves you, for some reason serves you this, the least when you expect it. And, you know, when I, my midget was born, my son, you know, he's not midget anymore, six foot ten, but, you know I mean? I felt all empathy in, in, in this planet, you know what I mean? Because, and I felt embarrassed that I didn't know that experience, as Dave says, you know, that you feel that thing, what empathy truly it is. And in leadership, I think, you know that everybody looks for this quality being rough and tough you know mm. and everything else and I'm glad that we have the Dave Clay and Ella Staniak today and particularly Dave Clay but Dave on the next question with you you wrote a couple books so tell us the process why did you write the books 
I know you didn't have the problem with writing on English because this is your language, not like me. <laughs> but why did you write the books and what books did you write and what do you try to achieve with the books and what is your, uh, I would say, like advice to people who decide to write the books? What was what was the reason to write the books? <laughs> He says, "Don't." Don't. <laughs> what are you saying? Don't what did you say? It. Don't like a tr- you try to. You need to empower now, Dave. Everybody like you know what I mean. Like you just like. It. <laughs> Don't write it so there are no more oh, books in the world, so more people buy books from Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Love the way you think, Ella. Thank you. I wasn't even thinking through that lens, but I love that. The, uh, <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, good question. It's really happening because I've been doing leadership and, and stuff like that uh, as a leader in organizations, leading my organizations, um, uh, and then actually being coaching as a leadership coach or business coach, whatever you want to call me, well, for 20 years now or more. Um, and over the years, a lot of my clients um, have said, like, you know, you should write a book, you should write a book, you should write a book. And I think there's two reasons why you write a book. Um, one is you want a very expensive marketing brochure, um, and secondly, is you have a voice or message you want to share with the world. Yes. Um, right. And so, like, and please, any authors, if you disagree with me, I, I, you know, I apologize. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry because I'm Canadian. We say sorry. Um, but is that like you know? To me, that was that was where my thoughts were about books. Like I see a bunch of people who will suddenly get more speaking gigs, and they do this. So they wrote a book so that they. they it was like to me, it's just an expensive marketing brochure. Um, and I didn't, I didn't want that. And I'm not saying there's wrong, anything wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. It just wasn't what I wanted. Um, and so I didn't write a book until I had my voice and my message clear. And then when I got very clear on that, it's like because I didn't want to also become another Me Too author on leadership. Mm. All right, and I needed to make sure I had my own voice and and my message and how I saw it. And when I started looking at the world of leadership, and that's when I was saying earlier about you know, you know, leadership is just modern management practices, and we, you know, we. We're treating people like a resource and all that sort of stuff. So I wanted to write a book to help leaders understand that leadership's all about people, and that it actually, you know, it's time to lead differently, and it doesn't have to be complicated. So that's why I wrote a book called Simplified. Um, and when I wrote that, I also, and I was sharing this in the break before, um, I wanted to write that book so my kids knew if if it didn't sell one copy, but my kids got a copy of the code because it's my life's work. So Simplified was kind of like my life's workbook. And uh, that my kids would know the problem that their dad was passionate about solving in this world. And and mm-hmm. so I had a vehicle that I could share with everybody and that my kids would know that, hey, when I talk about purpose and doing the thing that you love and that you're most passionate about and find that problem you want to solve in the world and put everything into it and do that, that that's what leadership is for me. And I wanted them to know that. And then so they always have a copy of it. Um, so that was the first book that I wrote. Um, and it's kind of like a, what I call the, the handbook for leadership in a modern world, if you like, or... Um, rather than just modern leadership practices. Uh, it's really getting back to the, the three things that people want most and how to build an organization that can deliver that. So how do we make more human organizations, I guess? So, and once I had all that decided, then I said, well, how do I get that to all the people? Then then the book became the obvious distribution channel for that. And so I wrote a book. Um, now that first book took me like two years. The only reason why Joe said don't, it was so many rewrites and title changes and, you know, uh, Sundays and like just, hammering away on the computer and like, oh, and then I try to put everything in the book and take stuff out and then I had a, got a book coach and then told me one thing and then another book coach tried to tell me something. Else. The whole process was, was phenomenal and, and learning. Um, if you have to sum it up now, in a few sentences, 
what would be the one thing, or even one sentence, what could one thing be for anyone looking out there to write a book if they really want to, even though your advice is not to? <laughs> what could, what, what would you say? Well, no, he didn't say he, it's not like his advice how to write a book. One, it's a, you can have a very expensive marketing brochure. And secondly, if you want to put a voice out. Mm. Oh, so man. So there's a tool. You use it yeah, as a depend, tool. De depend how you're using that one. Eh? Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, any advice that we give any author is be very clear on what the purpose of your, not the purpose of the content of the book, but what's the purpose of the book. Why are you writing the book? And, and as long as you know that, and if it is for marketing purposes, that's awesome, then market the crap out of it and use it as a very, because it's going to cost you a bit of money to do that time and energy and everything like that to, to, to do that book, which is cool, but then make sure you use it for that purpose. Like, do it. So the um, point, it might yeah. turn into something else, which is fine. But for me, um, like I, I probably only sold a couple of thousand copies of Simplified, which is fine. She's <laughs> just like a couple, couple thousand Very copies. Very casually. Very casual, just, casual, just like, like this. But look, obviously, it's a great topic. And obviously, in in a, we witnessed it before the COVID, like, and I was in the midst of that of that revolution of these books, right? And everybody was writing books and writing books and mm -hmm. writing books. But there's a difference in writing books like a leadership. There's a lot of opinion-based books about leadership. Mm -hmm. And I always come back to one thing, you know, come back to university. You can put argument, but you need to put counter-argument. So it's not opinion anymore. And that's what Dave, he's done in his book, and that's the reason why he's successful. That being said, Matt, my next book is going to be about cooking classes, with chocolate, you know what I mean? Something more <laughs> delicious and everything else. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> listening to Live 90.5, the business of life with Matt and Mario, we'll take a short break.
see it as, as, as an opportunity rather than seeing it as this, well, crap, why does this happen to me? This is why I talk about the difference between victim and victor mode. You know, instead of being a victim to this, if you became a victor from this, you may not like how it happened, but what could you do because it happened? You can't change that it happened, but you can either choose to wallow in it or decide what can I do about it and what's the opportunity in it now. And a lot of people, and this is like when they talk about the great resignation, I don't think it's a great resignation, I think it's a great redirection or we are Invictus Partners, an Australian company specialising in checking software usage across the major vendors like SAP, Oracle, IBM, Microsoft and VMware. Are you looking to reduce your software fees? Are you worried about being audited? Are you migrating to the cloud? Do you need help working out your software usage versus entitlements? Contact us at Invictus Partners today before you get hit with a compliance fine. Go to www.invictuspartners.com to arrange a no-obligation discussion to see how we can help you. Station sponsor. McGrath Estate Agents understand that selling your home is one of the most important financial decisions you'll ever make. With award-winning teams in the hills, their service goes above and beyond any other to create great results um, and lifelong relationships to deliver the best possible result. Brett Humby of Nagrara Estate Agents will unlock value in your home that never existed. To realise more and experience the Nagrara advantage with Brett Humby, head to nagrara.com.au or search Brett Humby today. Station sponsor. (laughs) It's 23 minutes past three on a live Money Point Five. The Business of Life with Mario Beckus and Matthew Caruana. And we're live with Ella Staniak and Dave Clare live via LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, whatever social media platform you've got. And be sure to tune in live. You can see Dave in person instead of over the phone, which is, I think, much more beautiful experience. What do you think, Dave? <laughs> Well, I thank you for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, I've been told never to joke about having a face for radio when you're on radio. So, <laughs> why do you think I've got this role here in studio? <laughs> so, because someone needed to spice up Mario a bit there. I'm just been, I've just been squeezed in a corner. There, I can't even see you. They're using my iPad to to, to communicate with you. I just, I'm fighting for the mic. But thank you. I'm, I'm still here. So that's the, that's for sure. So, Dave, thank you for uh, clarifying for us with the, why the writer books and why the. Mm. Why I need to hit your objective. So, Dave, in that in that note as well, when you have the book, how do you passing on your knowledge expertise from these books on the leaders? If I may ask, how do, how you deliver the you know the content of the book? You know what I mean? And uh, uh, okay, so well, let's get it. My book, simple. I can't speak for any other author, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yours, your books, yeah. So, how do you utilize your books in delivering? You know, I mean, to 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 create better leaders. Yeah, so whenever, like with our clients and or if I run in a workshop or run an event, we give a copy of the book as part of them coming along to the event so that they can have that, so that they, um, that they, you know, obviously have the content there. So if they need to, if you, if you think you do it yourself, and like, here's, here's everything. Like everything I work with our clients on is pretty much in my first book, right? It's there. Um, and the, the way I wrote the book, actually, and this is important, like I put a lot of science and psychology, if you like, into the book itself. But a book that's called Simplified, it can't be, complicated 
Okay. And so, uh, <laughs> That's a good point. point. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. So it's fairly thick and heavy book. And people are like, oh, it's a big book. When they opened up, though, I had extra large font. Uh, so I made the font bigger than normal. Right? So it's easy mm. to, like, and it is visual. And every page has a, um, like, a, a quote or a clarism or something on it. It's a big, bold text. Um, every chapter has a, a model, a metaphor, a story, uh, quotes, a worksheet. So you could take the book and you could read it from front to back, and it's awesome. Or you could just go randomly open up and go, oh, there's an inspirational or whatever, motivational, whatever you want to call it, quote or comment, which may be from me or from somebody else that was relevant to that topic. Or you can go, you know, I'm really struggling with how my people, you know, don't understand how we think around here. So I want to go through a bit on values. And you just open up the values chapter and go, Here's value. So I wrote it so that you could specifically target something. You could read it from the back, or you could just go randomly shake it up and go open up the page and go, there'll be something that'll jump out on every page guaranteed that you'll be able to see. So I wanted to make it like it's a workbook. I wanted it to be like, like the, the, the handbook for leaders that they could just, I want them to leave it on their desk. So it's like a reference manual. And and so that's why we give it to the people. We let them understand, like, this is what it's for. Um, and, and that's the way I designed that first book. Thank you, Dave. Thank you for clarity, clarifying this for us. I, I see that Ella, she has a burning desire to ask something again. <laughs> again. Yeah. Uh, me again, guys. I think it's an incredible idea and how creative that the font is bigger, there are models, because at the end of the day, we live in a very busy society, and I do mm. believe that leadership is one of the most you know, nearly unthanked for roles. Unthanked for? Nearly unthanked for that there is... What would be an example of that? As a, there is so much that de developing as a leader and then performing as a leader to a, to a great degree, to a great standard, long-term sustainably takes something. Because everybody wants to be a leader and a lot of when it's being glorified, yeah. when it's yeah. being put in amongst the white Punk, pinky, puffy clouds and successes, are, you know, I mean, the medals are falling commendations. But be the leader and face the critics. And as I said to you today, early in our conversation, Ella, nobody loves to stand against the wall and be shot at, you know, what I mean, like this is what it is. Nobody loves the critics. Mm. So, you know, Dave, it's just on that, that answer, just ask Dave, Dave, what's the difference between good leader and bad leader? Is there any difference? Is there any benchmark? Is there anything we can measure? You know, good leader, bad leader. Um, well, uh. I mean, the, the difference between a good leader and a bad leader is a good leader. People want to work with and for um, bad leaders. People don't want to be around. They just tolerate or do until they can find something else. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can measure turnover. You can measure. Uh, yeah, it's like there's a lot of bad leaders and people hang around for different reasons because they just can't find something else and stuff like that. And, you know, I've had some uh, bad leaders in my life, but hey, anyone listening to this, if you have a bad leader, learn from them. Absolutely. Learn about the type of leader you don't want to be. Learn what it is that they're doing that you don't like. And that's why, like, uh, my career growing up through banking and finance and a whole bunch of other stuff that I did, I probably, you know, 15 different managers and most of them were reasonably good or, you know, really good. And there was the odd couple that were really ordinary. And I learned from them. So good leader or bad leader, you're going to learn from them. Um, if you ignore the bad leader, you'll never learn from them. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> See, what comes up for me as, as you're talking, Dave, is 
and um, and, and Elio as well, and Mario alluded to it. So mm. the leader is always putting themselves forward and is basically putting themselves in front of the wall. Mm. They're going front line. Yeah. To lead other people, it's it, it's scary. But let's look at politicians, right? Come this, on. Yeah, wait, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> no, Hear me out here. Hang on, hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. <laughs> Just if you're a politician doesn't mean you're a leader. So, you well... I, I concur with you, Dave. I concur I, with you. I agree. I agree with that. Because we have too many politicians and not enough leaders. So, so what I'm trying to say, it's like, for example, you have the prime minister, which is the... If we're looking at it at a political standpoint in terms of a hierarchy, they're the main leader of Australia, right? It's a, it's a and he's, job. They report to a board it's a job. But its job is to lead other people. So, being in that position, and there's no one... Not saying they're doing a good job. That's that's completely that's okay. A different please opinion. continue. Yeah. Though, to be in that position requires so much. How you're literally, if there's anyone at the front of the war, it's them like facing with the bullets, right? Hmm. If there's anyone. Hmm. So the point I'm, I, I'm 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 trying to make is, imagine being in that in that position, copying hmm. copying everything. Honestly, like. Even though I might I may disagree with politicians and they might get make me angry, but I somewhat empathize. I tell you something about, I tell you something about leadership, you know, what I learned when I was when I was much more young and mm. I was skinny and, you know, good looking guy and you know, all these things, right? They believe you. <laughs> they believe you. And the, this is the thing. We have the green book and the black book. Sorry, I apologize. Green book and the red book. Black book was something else. Mm. Green book was for peaceful time, red book was for the War yes. times, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, let me now just elaborate, you know, maybe it doesn't fit in this conversation entirely. But I do remember, before every combat, you know, before every time we go into action, me as a leader, <laughs> it's a role, it's a function, you're, you know, according to your rank, my rank was being to lead in the company, 120 people strong. And me as a leader need to calculate killed in action, missing in action, wounded and so on. And percentage I could be forward was 8%. That's a benchmark, 8%, you know, from the you know, fighting force, it can be dead, whatever it is. If you exceeded 0.1% or what was approved, you'll be denominated <laughs> into, the, into dark ages. you never be leader because you given the life to, you know, I mean, as as a, I don't know how to say, it, as a biggest, you know, token, which you can get, you know, I mean, the mm. biggest commodity. It's alive, and if you miss it, you have point one percent. You prove that you're not just a leader. You don't deserve not to lead, but you never be positioned that one. And as Dave says, politicians, they are not leaders. They love to give themselves that title I'm the leader leader of what you're a publicly elected elected bureaucrat nobody position you there you just voted there but to be the leader in corporate world or let's just say when you're talking to the students uh, your action reflecting everybody else below am I correct you're correct Dave you know so do you agree Dave in the corporations as well you are when you don't yeah. you don't become a leader you your your influence over everybody is gonna result somehow output of the work or you know what I mean or losses or benefits or something like this. 
Yeah, and I love the word that you use the word influence because leadership is often aligned with influence. And I know John Maxwell talked a lot about it in his work that you know leadership's all about influence. Um, what does influence mean? How do you define influence? How how beautiful we are on Instagram or? <laughs> yeah, I meaning with my my can of soft drink going, oh, look at me, I'm an influencer. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, 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 yes, yes. <laughs> Not that definition, no. When no, you think of the word that. influence, what does, that, what does that mean to you? How do you define influence? Not being For, for me, what's the influence for me? Uh, somebody, well, okay, influence for me, if I let's go see like what what you're doing, right? And I, I told you this morning in our conversation, I really like it, your energy, I love this little rebel uh, inside of you and everything else. He's lining up with my values of the life. This is the influence mm. for me. For me, it's not the influence. You know, I, we spoke about this many times, Matt and I. For me, it's not the influence people on, on a social media because I know that 99.9% of these pictures I know how it's been taken. Mm. And I know yeah. what they represent. And I giving, you know, I guarantee that 90% nine percent of the people portraying themselves successful rich entrepreneurs and influencers and the leaders on a social media they are not god no yeah. the truth is That's the girls looks different but so yeah for the for the for me influences <laughs> let's go say when i line up my values with somebody who i can look high let's go, let's go say like, like yourself yeah, okay. that's my influence yeah, like the alignment to you right yes yeah beautiful So if you look at the word influence, in is the prefix for into, influence is the Latin or whatever derivative of the word flow or fluid, which means into flow. Ella, when are we at our best? When we are connected and in alignment. When, yeah, when we're in. Oh, oh that's, that's it, baby. If we live there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> You're listening to a live 90.5, The Business of Life with Mario and Matt.
We are the Insight Intelligence Group, specialising in Australian corporate investigations and information risk management, workplace investigations, competitor analysis, social media intelligence, reputational risk management, internal or external investigations. Professional and proactive, Insight Intelligence Group works with you to ensure the success of the investigation. Australia-wide or global, facts, not opinion. 02882-9837. Insightintelligence.com.au Station sponsor. We all know that paying for a funeral can be a financial burden. However, have you ever thought of paying off a prepaid funeral? With none of the ongoing premiums that is associated with funeral insurance, $1,000 can get you started. Hills Family Funerals, a family-owned and operated business of 35 years, can make it easier for you. Call 02-9659-0900, ask for Richard Spiteri, or speak to one of the friendly staff members to learn how. Get assistance today. Call Hills Family Funerals, station sponsor. Welcome back to the Business of Life on Alive 90.5. You're listening to the... Listen to that. Listen to that tune. I love it. <laughs> You're listening to the Business we, we, of Life. We, we, we little bit today had the trouble with technology of pressing my side something with I shouldn't have pressed. Sorry, but... <laughs> hey, the, there are some websites we should leave to ourselves. Mario? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gentlemen, behave. Moving right along. Moving right along. <laughs> back in the flow, please, guys. Let's get back in the flow. Back in the flow. Okay, we have the, um, another 15 minutes of uh, this last segment. And, uh, mm. you know, it's, it's flying very quickly, Dave. I'd like to say before anything else, please, everybody who's listening to the radio show today, The Business of Life with Mario Matt, come on website alive905.com.au tonight after 6.30 p.m. And don't forget to click on the section The Business of Life with Matt and Mario. There's a podcast section and you can listen to this interview with the day Claire from Perth many times and learn so many things and you're going to learn how you can contact him and as well um, our guest in studio Ella Staniak for which we are very grateful Matt and I she shared the studio with us and you know she's, she's, she pushed Matt in, into the corner <laughs> from the studio like how close <laughs> it is so Ella maybe maybe you want to take it over some conversation with Dave would you like to continue conversation with Dave I would love to continue a conversation Please with continue. Dave if I may <laughs> if you may. You've if taken I, over the studio today, haven't you? <laughs> you might as well be the DJ. For the next 15 minutes. Dave, you... Thank you, Ella. That was that will be for you. Also. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting teased here at the opportunity. Love it. Uh, good vibes, good vibes. Dave, you shared a really important uh, tip just on our radio break. Uh, around how to write the book in a way that it really aligns and it's got the message and it, uh, it aligns with you. I guess you talked about creative flow and what works for you. Would you be able to please share again uh, with our listeners today of what that was? I thought we were going to keep this as our secret. (laughs) (laughs) True. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And and this is something I learned from a very good friend of mine um, because I was after my first book and and co-authored a couple of other books and and, and I said, like, I'm a much better speaker than I am a writer. Like, when I try to write my thoughts out, um, I was struggling with that and, and to make it, because I want to make sure when people read my book, that if you read that book or you're talking to me right now, you go, holy crap, this guy wrote that book. That's him. That's his voice. Like, I can hear his voice in my head. Like, when you think, is it like, cause it's exactly uh, like that total alignment of who I am and how I speak. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. 
Um, and I think there's a lot of pressure on authors to make sure the book is technically correct and it's this, and, and we lose that creative flow, to your point, Ella. Um, I remember Tom Peters, it was an interview with Tom Peters, he was over in um, Southeast Asia somewhere, and one of the, uh, the they were doing one of his book launches over there, and I remember the, 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 the interview, and the, the lady said, um, it's not a very well-written book. Oh my God, really? Oh. Yeah, yeah, no, no, but hang on. Jeez. His response was epic. He goes, I'm a best-selling author, not a best-selling writer. Ooh. What did he say? Sorry, did he hear this? Yeah, like, I, I remember from years ago, because I remember, like, and that was, um, anyway, so, like, so what do you think of, like, so for me, but I want to make sure that my tone, my, everything, my heart, my compassion comes out. So what I, what I, I learned to do, and especially this book, is, because I'm, I'm doing a lot of work with people on how to become a coach, not a boss, and so I run a bunch of webinars or workshops, and do some stuff like that. So I now, when I do the speaking, I actually record and get it transcribed, the workshop, and most of that content now has framed up the, the, the guts of the book. So you don't need to be a writer to write a book or to be an author of a no, book. Yeah, yeah, right. So I'm, I'm, I'm a much better speaker than I am a writer. Um, and so I do a lot of keynotes all around the world in Australia. Um, actually, uh, yeah, and I'm looking forward to a couple of events coming up outside of WA because now we're allowed to get out. Um, but when I speak, like I'm speaking from my heart, I'm speaking from, I don't have a script, I don't have a teleprompter, I know my stuff, I love my stuff, and it's organized. And when I speak that, I'm speaking my truth, my tone, my everything. So when I record all that, that to me helps me keep that same message clear in the writing of the book. Ella, I'd love to ask, do you resonate with that? The whole, you're a better speaker, not necessarily a writer? <laughs> I think eventually I got that I myself, after I relocated from Poland to Australia, had all sorts of limiting beliefs uh, mm -hmm. around my ability to speak second language, how I would come across, whether people could understand me. People still cannot. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, think they need get, um, I don't know why did you find this funny, but it's not funny. Eh? Um, <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> the gentle accent of, you know, between Mario and I, very subtle. My, it's too yeah, Aussie, Aussie, oi, oi, oi. Very, yeah. very, very <laughs> subtle. Um, is, but is that the only Aussie in the room? Uh, I, was, I, was, I was, yes, I was the only one that he was. He's the only Aussie, Aussie, oi, 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 yes. Yes, he is the only yes, one. Yes. Um, but, you know, to answer your question, it took a lot of, I think, A, practicing of speaking, yeah. B, practicing speaking with substance, so mm -hmm. I don't rumble on and on and on. It was a matter of, of building that skill, so learning skill and then practicing the skill, and then believing in myself and building the sense of courage that my voice and my message deserve to be heard because I stand for something that is important in the world. Wow. And so... Yeah, that's so good. Wow, 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 wow. And there's a lot like, underneath that. I love to ask, the average, so apparently the biggest fear in the world like, like universally is public speaking mm. no you're wrong the biggest fear it's no Nutella on the shelves on the shelves <laughs> 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 no internet no internet <laughs> your internet goes out <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it goes back to what Mario said earlier about everyone's scared of being in front when when we're in war so what I'd love to ask and I'd love to start with you Ella is when it comes to public it comes to speaking public speaking or whatever it took a, a hell of a journey for you to articulate your message have a bit of conf a bit even confidence to go and speak publicly to lead others how can others 
tap into their leadership within them so they can present and speak more efficiently for other people? It's a great question and I I think I will just simply refer to what Dave already said, which is first you need to have a clarity of your why, your message. Whether you want to be a public speaker, write a book, you want to launch a business, you do have a passion to go into a leadership, you are an aspiring leader, or you're somewhat just reviving your passion for leadership. Maybe you have been in leadership for a long time, um, but the passion has somewhere been lost along the way. That happens too. I think your core why, what you stand for, and uh, what what is the change that you're trying to achieve is the basis to anything else that you create writing a book, speaking at podcast, creating your own podcast, etc. That's my belief. And the rest of it is consistency and skill building. Whether it's writing or speaking, I believe a lot of it is just consistency of it's practice. It's a legacy. It's a legacy. It is a legacy. But, but, but look, we, we almost... Sorry, Dave, just uh, sorry, cutting off, Dave. We all know we will not stay here forever on this planet. No? No. Yeah. <gasps> Except me, of course, like Darth Vader. But the point it is... <laughs> where, where, where are we going? Um, you're going nowhere. You're going back in Poland. <laughs> That's for sure. No! <laughs> no! The point I try to make, it's very simple. Um, we're learning by observing, listening, or reading, watching, right? And majority, uh, it comes to the books. doesn't matter what you're doing in your life. If you're a serious entrepreneur, if you're a serious businessman, if you're a serious writer, you're going to use books as a references. You must. And I believe it doesn't matter what we're doing in our life. You know, I mean, our books or whatever material we create, you know, YouTube or name it. Sooner or later, are going to find a way to, to people who needed this. Mm. And I think that the mm. biggest benefit of writing book it is, and, you know, I, I agree with Dave. You know, most of people just write a book for the sake, you know, I mean, watch this space on the Facebook, I'm writing a book. I'm, you know, watching this space with some people last five years, there's no book, you know, I mean, <laughs> everything is there. But I think it's important for, for, for sake of human society that we leave the legacy. Mm-hmm. So whatever we learn right now, Dave, you and I, Matt, you know, we put on a paper, it's going to help somebody in 50, 100 years. You know what I mean? That's how we're learning. Maybe I'm mistaken, but I truly believe that's my way how I see legacy. Absolutely. Yeah. Creating a sustainable yeah, change. Yeah, well, like I said, like, the, the, my first book is my life's work, right? So for me, that's so my kids would know and then obviously my grandkids, whatever, will they'll know what granddad thought. Um, like I said, that's my legacy. That like That is my life's work. Um, I think the interesting thing around this whole topic from a leadership point of view is that as a leader, you're a public speaker whether you like it or not. Your ability to articulate forcefully and clearly on every single occasion, your purpose, your values, your vision, your mission of your organization and rally the troops to work with you. You know, we work on the, we've talked with our clients is that, you know, your, your purpose, values, vision, mission, that's the narrative of your business. If you, you have to be able to narrate your business and take people on a journey, and then your strategy, you know, that's the, the, the numbers is the story. So words form a narrative, numbers tell the story, and our job is to make them, you know, the, the narrative and the story match. And if you are, the more capable you are at speaking and sharing and expressing that, the more people can buy into what it is that they we're all doing together. You know, and, and that's really important from a, from a leader's point of view. Um, whether you're running a team meeting, uh, a town hall, whether it doesn't matter, or having a one-on-one with someone and, or bringing people into your organization, you've got to bring them into the story. And so you need to learn how to tell the story properly. 
It's great to know the content, but you need to know the context so people can embrace the concept. Mm. <laughs> this is this is so good, eh? So good. I know the one good story. Once upon a time, <gasps> there was a beautiful boy called Mario. <laughs> <laughs> That's the narrative, right? That's the narrative, and then then you get into the story. Right, so words form a narrative, then the, and then you talk about all the things that happened, and that's the story. So you set up the narrative, and then you tell the story. Um, and and so to me, like that is so so critical. And um, I have like Dave Clare's four steps for public speaking. Um, like I've I've never been a trained professional speaker. Um, I've actually only done one thing. I've done one training to help me become better as a speaker, and I I attended a comedy workshop. <laughs> Exactly. Hey, but well, if there's anything that's gonna experience. if there's anything that's gonna put you out there, it's it's stand up comedy. I mean, yeah, well, comedians <laughs> are the best speakers. Like they, they they take the most criticism, the critique. They understand timing, pace, you know, pause, and and all this sort of stuff. And and I did a comedy workshop, how to write a joke, and how to do that sort of stuff. And it was um, that's so for me, that's the only training I've done. But like for me, my my four step simple process, which I'll share with you, is no. Uh, uh, can I swear on here? Is that inappropriate? It's okay, that's all right. Maya can hopefully beep it out. Beep. Okay. Um, just get ready, get ready with the beep. beeper. But number one, know your shit. Don't speak about anything you don't know. Mm, right? Yes. Number two, number two, love your shit. Don't speak about anything you don't love. Number three, organize your shit. Put it in a simple, easy you know, process for people to follow. Right? And number four, to Ella's point, share the shit out of your shit. You're still never going to get better at it the more you do it. God, I love this. This is so, That's look. good shit. <laughs> hey, you're on a public radio, you know what I mean? Just behave yourself. Beep, sorry, David's everyone. too far away in, in, in a perfect kind of sense of him, but it's you. <laughs> Why didn't you teach me the rules? I need some guidelance of how to be well, here. Well, did you teach you know? I'm Canadian, I'm sorry, I get away with it, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, do, 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 do you go like, you know, like in, in, in the kindergarten and just steal the kid? You're so like, oh, did you know, did you teach, did you teach me? You're on the radio, you can't swear. <laughs> Okay, ladies and gentlemen. I got carried on. Apologies, everyone. No, don't worry. We, we forgive you. You were just wrapped up in the emotion of it all. And then yes. you're like, I, I loved it, Ella. Well done. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, that. you're listening <laughs> a live 90.5. Yes? Matt, since you're live 9.5, but let's wrap up this episode by letting the listeners know how we can get in contact with each and every one of them. Who's with David Clay? Yes. David, so how do our listeners can find you and contact you? And uh, people can call the name Matthew Caruana for 50% discount on his services now. So, Dave, jokes on side, how do people can find you and contact you? Um, yeah, easiest way is you can just go to my website, www.daveclare.com, D-A-V-E-C-L-A-R-E.com. Um, and then there's a contact form there. And anyone who says, hey, I, I, I said this before when we spoke on the radio, Anyone who reaches out to me, um, I answer personally. So if you do reach and said, hey, I heard you on um, the Mario Matt show with the amazing Ella, who made the show even better because it's... You know, <gasps> these guys, you know, I did. Uh, I did. I mean, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And then uh, I will, uh, if you want to set up a free call just to talk about anything that we've discussed on the show, I usually have four open spots where there's no obligation, nothing. We get online, do a little whiteboardy session. I can talk you through any of the concepts that you want. Uh, please understand, I only have four slots every week, and these get filled up quickly. So, thank you so much. Eh? I already see the airline Matt is gonna pop, jump in because <laughs> uh, they're looking forward. Dave, thank you very much for being with us today on Align 90.5. And Ella, and how Ella. can people get in contact with you? 
I'll be commenting uh, like that lunatic crazy person under this show when I go back to LinkedIn and Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. So you'll see me in the comments. Just find me on LinkedIn, Ella Staniak, Feminine Leadership Coach. Or you can type in Google, Feminine Leadership Coach, and I will pop up. Lovely pop-up, eh? please don't pop-up. Dave, please stay with us online on our video. Ladies and gentlemen, that was another episode of the Business of Life with uh, Matthew with Matthew and Mario. Yeah, what did, did you did I miss something? No, you didn't miss anything. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> anyway, that was it for today. Thank you, Dave Clef for the per directly uh, being with us in the studio, broadcasting online, and uh, thank you, Ella Staniak, for the making mess in the studio. So, see you next week. Thank you, Dave. Becky, look at her. Really appreciate you guys. Have a wonderful week. And everyone else, make sure to tune in to Business of Life on Wednesdays from 2 to 4 on Alive 90.5. Who understands those rap guys? They only talk to her because she looks like a total prostitute, okay? I mean, her butt is just so big. I can't believe it's just so round. It's like out there. I mean, gross. Look. She's just so... I like big butts and I cannot lie You other brothers can't deny That when a girl walks in with an itty bitty waist And a round thing in your face you get sprung Wanna pull up tough cause you notice that butt was stuck Deep in the jeans she's wearing I'm hooked and I can't stop staring Oh baby I wanna get with ya And take your picture My homeboys tried to warn me But that butt you got makes smooth skin you say you want to get in my bins well use me use me because you ain't that average groupie i seen her dancing to hell with romance and she's sweat wet got it going like a turbo vet i'm tired of magazines send flat butts all the thing take the average black man and ask him that she gotta pack much back so fellas yeah fellas yeah your girlfriend got your butt hell yeah. shake it shake it shake it shake it shake, it. shake that healthy butt baby got ballet Now here's my scandal, I wanna get you home and uh, double up, uh, uh. I ain't talking about Playboy, cause silicone parts are made for toys. I want them real thick and juicy, so find that juicy double. Mix a lot's in trouble, begging for a piece of that bubble. So I'm looking at rock videos, not me bimbos walking like hoes. You can have them bimbos, I'll keep my women like Flojo. A word to the thick soul sisters, I wanna get with ya. I won't cuss or hit ya, but I gotta be straight when I say I wanna. Till the break of dawn, baby, got it going on. A lot of simps won't like this song, cause them punks like to hit and quit it. And I'd rather stay and play. Cause I'm long and I'm strong and I'm down to get the friction on. So ladies, yeah. ladies, yeah. if you wanna roll my Mercedes, yeah. turn around, stick it out. Even white boys got the shout. Baby got back. Baby got back. Yeah, baby. When it comes to females, Cosmo ain't got nothing to do with my selection. 36, 24, 36. <laughs> Only if she's 5'3. So your girlfriend rolls a Honda. Playing workout takes by Fonda. But Fonda ain't got a motor in the back of her Honda. My Anaconda don't want none unless you got buns, hun. You can do side bends or sit ups. But please don't lose that butt. 
Some brothers wanna play that hard role and tell you that the butt ain't gold, so they toss it and leave it. And I pull up quick to retrieve it. So Cosmo says you're fat. Well, I ain't down with that. Cause your waist is small and your curves are kicking. And I'm thinking about sticking to the beanpole dames in the magazines. You ain't it, Miss Thing. Give me a sister, I can't resist her. Red beans and rice didn't miss her. Some knucklehead tried to diss. Cause his girls are on my list. He had game, but he chose to hit him. And I pull up quick to get with him. So, ladies, if the butt is round and you want a triple X throwdown, dial 1 900 mix a lot and kick them nasty thoughts. Baby got back. <laughs> Much better. 